Welcome, heathens and witches, to the Horn and Cauldron podcast. Yeah, so we're back at it again, back at the Krispy Kremes. We're not, we're at our house. Um, <laughs> it's the same bat our, time yeah, as the last time. No, it's, no, it's not. not. It but is. it is the same bat channel. That's fair. It is the same bat channel. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, uh, today we are learning about Beltane which is exciting. So if you're new here and you're listening to this on a podcast channel, please subscribe. Uh, These come out every other Monday, thereabouts. Um, If you're checking us out on YouTube, don't forget to like this video, comment below, share, subscribe, ring the bell, and do all that crap. And um, yeah, if you want to support more of this kind of creative content, uh, hit us up on Patreon. um, or Nerdjive on Patreon. Links in the dibbly whatever. And, uh, yeah, that'll give you access to the, um, Book of Shadows pages for each one of these, as well as the complete correspondences list, a write-out of the two spells that we cover at the end, um, and access to the Horn and Cauldron, um... Discord channel. Discord channel, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, check that out and, uh, you know, support us there and, and get, get, get witchy, yo. Yeah, you can also follow us on social media. You can find those links in the description below as well as at nerddrive.com slash links. We just started TikTok channels, so I don't know if those are on the links page yet. They're totally but, not, no. but, they, but will they will be. be. Yeah. Uh, but you can find us on uh, TikTok. I'm Goddess Jewels with two S's, and I've been doing a s- short series of videos explaining a lot of different questions that we get about magical practices there. Uh, it's super fun. Yeah, yeah, and uh, I'm nerd jive literally everywhere, including TikTok, and I just do kind of random shit. So yeah, check us out. But uh, okay, let's get let's get right into it. Commercials over. Um... <laughs> All right, guys. So let's talk about Beltane. Yeah. What's Beltane? So Beltane is my favorite Sabbath of the year. It's right around my birthday, so I usually combine it uh, when we're doing things and inviting people over um, in for Sabbaths when when that's safe to do so. <laughs> um, and uh, it ends up being like a birthday celebration and Cinco de Mayo and all of that stuff all at once. So we make it a big, big deal. So Beltane's huge around here. Beltane is usually held on May 1st, which is about halfway between the spring equinox and the summer solstice. The timing of Beltane um, differs a little bit depending on what exactly you want to do with your practice and how you want to celebrate. We are huge proponents of doing it whenever works for you. If May 1st, which this year happens to be on a Saturday, but if it's on a weekday or just that's not a good day for you, um, you know, you can move it. It's totally totally okay. <laughs> in fact, any of these Sabbaths, you can change the dates on as long as they're mostly within reason. You're not going to offend any of the deities or, you know, miss out on any of the good juju of that particular holiday. And uh, Beltane typically marks the beginning of summer. So because of its proximity to both Easter and Midsummer, some, of Bel- some Beltane customs are customs that Certain cultures do during Easter and certain cultures do during Midsummer. Uh, you can do it all. You can do none of it. It's really up to you. Um, <clears throat> the word Beltane, scholars think, uh, means bright or white fire. Um, based on some other Gaelic, which is Irish area, as well as uh, Baltic words. Um, but in uh, Ireland, it's also been called 
Setsawain, uh, which means first of summer. I apologize if I pronounce that wrong. Apparently I am really bad at pronouncing Irish words, even though it's in my heritage. It is not something that comes easily to my brain or to my mouth. <laughs> Um, traditionally in Ireland, Beltane um, is uh, very popular with herding communities uh, as opposed to traditionally agricultural communities. Sometimes Easter is <clears throat> or Imbolc is more important with them. But um, traditionally during this time of year in herding communities is when they start to take the livestock out and into the fields after winter and the birthing season and kind of getting everything going. You know, it's not cold and bad for livestock out there. It's not as rainy as it was before. And they'll basically be out all the way until fall. <clears throat> and uh, so this was like a really exciting time because really like the world is waking up right now. Uh, in addition to this, Hilt uh, Beltane was traditionally celebrated with bonfires and there's feasts. There's feasts at everyone, but you know, that's okay. <laughs> Decorating with ribbons and flowers and shells and visiting holy wells. Honoring the Fae is a very popular custom for Beltane. And uh, so are fertility rituals because we're kind of doing that Mother Earth um, growing season kind of thing. So uh, bonfires are probably some of the biggest things that people know about May Day from olden times. And bonfires were typically lit in the towns, sometimes on a hill so they were easier seen, sometimes in sort of like a town square area. And um, sometimes what they would do is they would make the fire out of like literally rubbing sticks or pieces of wood together for the bonfire, sort of in an effort to make like the most pure fire out of the materials that you could get. And people would commonly put out their own hearth fires on this day because most homes had a fire that was basically always burning so that they continue to cook food and have, you know, perhaps fresh clean water. It was not uncommon for people to boil water or a variety of things to keep your home warm. Um, and then once the bonfire was lit, they would take a torch or a candle from the bonfire and they would bring that back to their home and light their new hearth fire again in symbolism of the season. Now, sometimes before they relit their own hearth fire, they would parade the a torch usually around the perimeter of their property. If it was sort of a smaller property, even, you know, sometimes people had like great swaths of land that they owned, but really their farm was a smaller area. Uh, but sometimes they would walk it around the perimeter of their home and that people would even sometimes do this with livestock. And this was to purify the land to bring good luck and good health and all of that all of that goodness there before lighting their fire <coughs> there's a lot of things that people did with the bonfire too so it wasn't just light a big bonfire and then go back home um obviously you gotta have a if you're having a bonfire party you got a capital p party <laughs> so some cultures would create an effigy of winter. Um, it was pretty much always shaped like a person, but the gender of the effigy of winter was largely driven by what that particular culture's 
winter uh, sort of god or goddess was. So some of them it's a woman, some of them it's a man. Uh, it kind of depends. <clears throat> um, and they burnt it along with or as part of the bonfire to sort of scare away winter. Uh, this is a fairly common thing in a lot of uh, Slavic and Russian cultures and, um, and even to some of the Norwegian cultures as well. So now is a good time for Beltane, where if you have any Yule goats or if you made like an old man winter or anything else that really symbolizes winter, maybe you've still got your like Yule wreath hanging up. We're particularly bad about taking things down quickly. Um, now is a good time to burn those to sort of symbolize the changing of the seasons, the rebirth, letting go of old stuff <clears throat> and bringing in new life. Yeah. Um, if, uh, if, if you're gonna burn something, make sure you know what it is that you're burning, and that you're burning it in a safe way, and you have, like, like a fire extinguisher nearby, or some way to put out the fire, mm -hmm. right? Um, especially if you're, if it, like, you know, stuff like those wicker yule, you know, those, like, um, like, straw yule goats and stuff, mm -hmm. uh, because they're, like, bent and under tension, when the string burns, it can, like, spring apart. Yeah, like, fly apart. Uh, which is dangerous. Uh, as well as, especially if you're doing like an outside open fire, um, or you're doing like a like a fireplace sort of a thing, um, if you don't have great ventilation, you need to know what it's made out of so you're not burning something that's poisonous for you to be around the smoke of, mm -hmm. uh, which is like a real ass thing. Some so many and even people some plants burning and herbs dumb stuff. Yeah, so just you know, be cautious and be aware. And, uh, you know, there's always, there are always other ways. If you have a uh, non-burnable Yule goat or something reusable, you can always, like, you know, trace the Yule goat on a piece of paper and burn that piece of paper. Or, like, yeah. draw a representation or something to that extent and burn that. Mm -hmm. Then you, like, know that that's safe to burn and such. So yep. just be fire safe, man. Be, be fire cautious. Yeah, which leads me to the, <laughs> the next one. <laughs> which is the least fire conscious. So um, herding communities would often walk their livestock around the bonfire or in between two bonfires, or sometimes they would encourage them, I say encourage in quotations, to jump over the bonfire. And after a while, people started jumping over the, the bonfire. And when I say the bonfire, traditionally they jump over the embers of the bonfire, not the raging fire part of the bonfire. Yeah, and also, like, know how high you can jump. Don't and how don't far? Just, don't just, like, drunk confidence and how this. Far? Make sure you know what's on the other side. If you're gonna land, have somebody on the side on the other side who can prevent you from falling backwards into the fire. Like I've jumped a great many fires, man. Like <laughs> whatever, you can do it safely, but like be safe about it. You know. Mm -hmm. All right, you don't need like bloody third degree burns or something. Oh my god, please no. Or just maybe don't jump over the fire and just like you know walk around it. Um, and people would do this with the bonfires to bless and protect either the livestock or the pets or the people, uh, as well as um, for good luck and good health and protection. It was kind of like an all-encompassing, like, good vibes sort of thing. At, unless, of course, you were um, caught on fire, in which case I imagine that would be the worst vibes possible. Yeah. So please, please, please. Be fire safe. Do not take this as an invitation to start jumping over fires willy-nilly, guys. 
We do not want to see your video. Yeah. Yeah, leave it to the trained, leave it to the trained <laughs> the professionals. Yeah. Now, after the fire was out, people would also use the ashes, too. So it was common to use the ashes to um, ensure good health. Um, people would put them on their forehead, or maybe if they had illnesses, they would rub them on people that had illnesses. They would also sprinkle them on their crops for, good, for a good harvest, as well as area that livestock would graze on and on the livestock themselves. <clears throat> so there's a lot that goes into fire with Beltane because Beltane is considered like the beginning of summer. Uh, it's really, the fire is really symbolic of the, of the sun coming back and the excitement of and purification that the sun brings to the land. So next on the list is probably always my favorite part really, which is feasts. <laughs> I always like making a big elaborate, fe elaborate feast for Beltane, but honestly, it's usually just like a big, build your own taco board yeah <clears throat> because uh my birthday is on Cinco de Mayo and I always do tacos when I invite people over because it's a really easy thing so just yeah. because it's more Beltane is more of an Irish tradition doesn't mean that you have to do a feast in that way but oh, eat, eat whatever the hell you want man it's a feast yeah eat whatever you got if you want nachos, do nachos. Nachos is also a great party food. <laughs> it is, so. it is. <laughs> or if you don't want to cook all week, you just make like a big thing of chili and a big thing of nachos and get a big thing of chips and that's just all you eat all week. We do that often, more often than we'd like to admit. It's a great way to live your life. I don't know what you're talking about. No. Yeah. So feasts are common for pretty much all of the Sabbaths and a lot of get-togethers. It's just a thing that you do. Um, but this one is kind of a twist. So part of the feast historically for Beltane would be plated and sometimes placed outside, but sometimes left on like a sideboard, but not usually left at the table. Uh, and this would be left as an offering to the Fae to appease them um it's there's a lot of beltane customs that are similar to Samhain customs although the differences between beltane and Samhain customs are usually that if a Samhain custom appears in beltane or vice versa Samhain customs are usually associated with the dead and ancestors and beltane is usually associated with the fae which is a really interesting way to um look at that so it's quite common to leave an offering to the fae during this time of year to help to appease them and encourage them to be nice to you. <laughs> and we've got a lot more information about Fae in our podcast episode that we did with working with the Fae. We're going to talk a little bit more about the Fae in this episode, but most of what you're going to want to listen to about the Fae is in that episode. So please, please give that a listen. Um, as well as I've got some TikTok content coming, um, talking specifically about the Fae because we work with them a lot. Um, your hand is very warm. Yep. <laughs> so popular feast foods um, for a traditional Beltane meal were uh, lamb and a hot drink, which is called coddle, which is uh, spelled C-A-U-D-L-E. And that is made of eggs and butter, oatmeal, and I wrote butter twice, so I'm guessing a lot of butter, uh, and milk, and that's drank hot, so it that seems like an eggnog, gross. but with oatmeal. It sounds gross. <laughs> nope. <laughs> now, you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna have a, I'm gonna have a Beltane beer, uh, F that me, eh? <laughs> yeah, that sounds, that sounds awful. 
oatmeal cakes are also really are also that. really traditional foods. On the other side, that sounds delicious. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, and the oatmeal cakes were commonly also given uh, pieces to like pets and animals and livestock and the idea that them eating the cake was helping to yeah. give them protection and, and good health and you know all that other kind of stuff. Uh, so the feast is always a big part, but you know, definitely it doesn't have to be exactly what you would expect that a traditional Irish feast would be. <clears throat> The next thing that's really popular is decorating with ribbons and flowers, uh, and most particularly flowers. So for Beltane, um, any flower really, but especially yellow flowers because they symbolize the sun, are really common and uh, used a lot. They're made into garlands and um, placed on livestock or doorways or barns or windows, and they are really doing that for, again, health, blessings, good luck. That's kind of the theme of Beltane. Health, blessings, good luck, but also fertility. <laughs> Inside of homes, you would see bouquets um, and loose flowers being very popular. People would just like toss loose flowers on the floor. Um, we're not going to do that because our dogs would eat that. So before you start throwing flowers on the floor, Think yeah, about the cleanup. Just, just don't. Just don't. Yeah. <laughs> and think about your Place animals. Place them gently in specific locations <laughs> that are pet safe. That's, uh, mm -hmm. that's how you want to do that. Yeah. And people would also carry them around as, you know, like little boutonnieres or whatnot, too. Um, for, again, health, good luck, fertility, all that other good stuff. Uh, another thing that was really common, which I think is cool because it has to do, it has like similarities to what you do with Yule, is a May bush or a May bough. So the bush stays, is outside um, and is preferably a small bush, uh, a tree or a, um, a branch. If you can't do it outside, you can do it outside with just like a, you know, a branch from a tree that has been responsibly harvest harvested <laughs> or you can bring it inside so that's really the may bow side of things and you would decorate this with flowers and ribbons and shells and uh, other baubles or, or goodies and if it was inside you could also decorate it with candles because you don't want to have a tree with candles outside that's how you start a fire yeah um and also sometimes you can start a fire with a a, a stick with candles on it inside so be careful about that fire safety talk number two yeah <laughs> uh, but i think that that's a really fun idea of doing like a may bow and like having it in as a display and it's basically what you do with kind of like all that really beautiful christmas greenery but instead of it being christmas greenery it's spring greenery and uh, i'm super into that idea so we may be doing that um post haste for decoration for our house. Um, <clears throat> now in some areas, people would get wild about this Maybush thing and they would compete for the best Maybush, which I'm assuming is either the prettiest or the most densely decorated. Uh, and <laughs> the competition was fierce. And sometimes people would steal each other's Maybushes like from outside their house. Could you imagine like going outside and somebody's stealing your bush from your house that you've uh, decorated? I mean, 
there's like 8 million Christmas movies with the plot line of our block is having a fight about who can have the prettiest Christmas tree decorations. So I have no doubt that humans, even as far back as the Victorian times, were equally petty about decorations for a season. Um, yeah, that, that completely makes sense. Yeah, it's not, that doesn't happen where we live or with any of my neighbors, but, uh, yeah, that does not surprise me at all that people would fuck with each other's maybushes, especially when competition is afoot. Yeah, yeah. Well, it was such a big thing that in some areas, particularly in Ireland, <clears throat> it, by the Victorian times, maybushes were just outlawed. You couldn't have a maybush mm. because too many hijinks were happening. I want a spring movie about people stealing maybushes from each other. Because well, that's yeah, if, if you fun. if you had a springtime movie that was basically like, um, what's the what's the Christmas movie with? Um, oh, I think it's like the I thought, what is it? It's the guy from Honey I Shrunk the Kids or something with Rick Moranis. Yeah, I think it's got Rick Moranis in it, where it's like two warring houses about decorations. Is that Rick Moranis in the one where like the husband and wife were gonna leave to Hawaii for Christmas, but then oh. they decide not to because. Um, you know, whatever. I, They're like, daughter from college is coming into town, and they have like 24 hours to decorate. Is Uma Thurman the mom in that movie? I don't Am know, I and the only balls? movie that I can think of that's like that is the one with Vince Vaughn and, I think, Reese Witherspoon, where they always, like, tell their family, like, oh, we have to work, we can't come visit, oh, and they well, always go on vacation, but then they for, get busted. That's, it's that's, not the same that's movie. That's Four Christmases, or whatever the heck it's called. I don't know. That's that's the one where they have to go to all of the family's houses because they've, like, lied about going yeah, for yeah, too yeah, many yeah, times. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's also a good movie. <laughs> Um, I yeah. want no, I want yeah. Beltane movies. Uh, Let's a, do a, it. Like a springtime Christmas debt like festival decoration, like small town with like you know upper middle class white people stealing each other's decorations and shit would be <laughs> fucking majestic. I yeah. would be okay with people stealing maypoles because I feel like that's that's super absurd. But a maypole is a lot harder to hide than like a bush. I mean, yeah, but like, if you're gonna take it, you're taking it for the for the <clears throat> you're you know, taking the it purpose the, of victory. The, so yeah, you're yeah. taking it for the victory. Yeah, for or for the revenge. <laughs> so uh, back to the Maybush. So sometimes people would throw would decorate the Maybush and then they would throw it in the fire. Uh, and it was also fairly common for people to dance around the Maybush and then throw it in the fire. Getting a theme here with this. I mean, decorate it burning with fire a lot of fire happening for uh for beltane um and and the maybush was like preferably made from a hawthorn tree like a small hawthorn tree which going back to our working with the fae episode where we learned that hawthorn is a um popular old time uh plant associated with the fae so you can kind of see where that's starting to tie in there and you know the saw music's kind of like playing mm -hmm. in the background as you piece together like the little strings on the cork board <clears throat> and uh, the maybush is also appears to be linked with acknowledging and appeasing the fae you know having pretty things to kind of detract from whatever is inside the house but um in some cultures it's also associated with honoring the spirit of the tree or the bush or honoring the spirit of the house instead. But those sort of like land and house spirits could also be a certain times, um, you know, construed as being the Fae based mm -hmm. on what it is that you're thinking. Mm -hmm. uh, because Fae sort of is a big catch-all term there. 
So maypoles, like I said, I'm okay with a movie where they're stealing maypoles instead of, uh, you know, Instead of May bushes. Well, you gotta have both, right? This house is gonna do like what you do is you, you have every oh this house has got a May pole and three May bushes and they got all the spring decorations and they got tiny fairy doors on every tree and all this kind of stuff. And this oh house my over god, here, tiny fairy doors on every tree. They turn their big tree into a May tree, and this guy over here, he doesn't have a bunch of May trees and May poles, but he's got like a pile pile of pallets reaching the top of his second story house because he's gonna have the biggest bonfire in the land kind of a thing. <laughs> Listen, I've seen, like, fucking every Christmas movie this that has like, ever been made. I could write this movie in my sleep. It's, it's basically... Ju it's just yeah. it's the exact formula of a Christmas movie. You got some asshole kids coming in for spring break or whatever the heck. I have no clue when spring break is, but, like, whatever the Usually heck. Usually before this. You know, you've got the you've got the summertime shopping. You've got the the house that's more worried about their summer bods than they are about the May festivities. And you've got <laughs> the town square has some sort of historical timeliness. Oh, we've been celebrating this festival for a hundred years. It's so honorable, but really, it just kind of like spins the whole village into just kind of vague assholery. Yeah. <laughs> So many of these are so many Christmas movies. I'm picturing it so as like vaguely Whoville. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's yeah. just like you get like a nice, you get like a nice. I mean, I would shoot it in Ireland. I would get like a nice Irish village to do it or something like yeah. that. You know, but if you were, if you wanted to shoot in the U.S., like the greater U.S. Canada area, I would do like um, one of those like quaint Maine towns. Yeah, you know, something <clears> like <throat> that, like a quaint town in Maine. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Piece of cake. That would be fun. So, um, maypoles are a little bit of an enigma in that they, we don't know how long they've been used for these sort of beginning of summer or late spring celebrations. But um, the first recorded use of maypoles um, as a festival thing was in 1350. AD, which is a little bit later than the time frame that we see for a lot of other holidays, but not really that far off enough for it to be <clears throat> concerning. Really, uh, the origin of maples is, is unknown, so we don't know exactly where they came from, but they seem to be very common in Germanic regions or regions that were heavily influenced by Germanic religion and practices. Um, so it's thought that they might be spring festival holdovers from the Iron Age, which is from uh, 500 to 1200 um, common era that survived Christianization. So you can kind of see that time frame there as it follows us and with other things that we talk about, we see a lot of this stuff popping up the first time being, um, you know, recorded is in, during the Christianization of Europe sometime between um, 700 and 1300 uh, common era. <clears throat> now, some were only used for spring and summer celebrations, but some were, you know, so they were like put up and taken down, but some were just left up all year round and um, they would just leave the decorations up until it was time to prepare, prepare for next Beltane and then they'd take them down and start all over again. Uh, and nobody really knows why we use the maypole or what specifically it symbolizes. There's some fairly hot debates in the scholarly circles about this stuff. I'd like to see them getting drunk. It's like, getting drunk and arguing about it, like that meme with the girl and the cat. <clears throat> um, so some scholars think it's a representation of worshipping sacred trees, like Yggdrasil. 
Um, and some think that it's a phallic symbol for fertility, you know, big old wood. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but it could also be a, a holdover of dancing around a bonfire in areas where it wasn't wise to have a bonfire that could possibly get out of control and then, you know, burn down the area. Sure. So sure. <clears throat> we don't really know, but maypoles are a really interesting thing that survived the Christianization of Europe in a very robust way because you can see them all over the place in more modernized and Christian celebrations. All right, and we're back. Next up, uh, Holy Wells. That's right. So Holy Wells were visited by a lot of people as well. And this may be another one of those holdovers from the Christianization of Europe, but um, people would go to a Holy Well and they would pray for health. And while they would be walking sunwise around the well, uh, which is from the East towards the West. Uh, and I imagine that people probably did it at like their local well also again for you know, health and protection and all that other kind of stuff, because without a source of water, you know, you can't really survive. So I imagine that people used not just holy wells, but just regular wells too. And people would, that, that visited these holy wells would often leave offerings after their prayers, um, many times coins or other baubles or cluties, which are strips of cloth. Um, they would leave there as decoration or as payment to the people who are you know, keeping up the holy well. Uh, visitors would also wash their face with the well water. And if you weren't visiting a holy well, it was actually pretty popular to collect the dew on May, you know, Beltane morning and uh, rub it on your face or roll around in it. And it was thought that the, that the water from the Holy Well on Beltane or the dew on Beltane would give the, um, the user of this water um, youth and help with skin ailments or even just to be like super hot, just to get prettier. I mean, it's Beltane, man, do the dew. <clears throat> that's right, do the dew, yeah. <laughs> well, I think that's what that uh, I think that's what that means. So yeah, yeah. Uh, regardless of what exactly people were doing for Beltane, it is clear that offerings um, honoring the Fae or appeasing the Fae were very popular and done at m in many different ways. Uh, the veil at this time of year is thin. That's something you normally hear around Samhain times, but Beltane also has a lot of those same similarities. Uh, so fairy encounters and magic. Um, working with fairies was very popular this time of year. Um, you know, they celebrated and honored the Fae with the feasts like we talked about earlier and walking livestock near fairy forts or fairy circles. People would leave a small amount of blood on or near a fairy fort or a fairy circle either from themselves or from livestock so that it was sort of like partially an offering, but part of a, hey, like, I'm your friend, recognize me because I gave yeah. this thing to you. <laughs> um, so there's a lot of work there and a lot of people report interactions with the Fae more during this time of year than during others. So it's kind of a fun and bright and mischievous time of year. And again, listen to our listen to our episode about working with the Fae for more information about the Fae. Mm -hmm. They are not a bad thing. The Fae is not a bad word and they are not bad for you. So um, listen to that if you want more information about the Fae. 
But uh, one thing that's interesting about these Beltane customs uh, that is a bit unlike most of the other Sabbath customs is that few of these have been practiced unbroken since ancient times. So Beltane appears to be a fairly new celebration, mm -hmm. although some of the old, some of the like pillars of what it is that you, um, you know, how you practice Beltane, how you honor Beltane seem to be fairly ancient. Beltane itself seems to be very new. So uh, most of the traditions that we are talking about or that we see in modern times uh, have been revived or revised or even created to sort of elevate Beltane to a different level. So you really kind of got those like pillar of spring summer festivals and Beltane's kind of like right smack in the middle. <clears throat> uh, and one of those is hand fasting. So in modern times, hand fasting or a pagan slash Wiccan way of being married is very popular for Beltane because of all that it signifies, including the fertility aspect. Yeah. Well, and I mean, when you think about it, <clears throat> like weddings are hotter in the springtime. You do more business as a wedding in the springtime than you do in any other time. So, so, so it all sort of makes sense. I mean, the thing with Beltane being sort of a more modern thing is that we're sort of using a catch-all term for a bunch of different regional mm -hmm. celebrations, right? I mean, it's like some people did maypushes, and some people did maypoles, and some people did the wells, and some people did face stuff, and some people didn't do face stuff. And I mean, like, you know, as as we read as we read through this, you can hear there's a, there's a lot of, like, diversity uh, and creativity involved in this, and, and a lot of that is because something like a Beltane um, is is an incredibly regional holiday, right? It's it's yeah. celebrated specific to sort of like the stuff what with is around you, yeah. right? It's like oh, it's best if it's with a hawthorn tr bush, but like if if hawthorn doesn't grow in your area of the planet, then it's not best with a hawthorn bush. Yeah, that's not, like for, a, that's not hawthorn from, doesn't that's grow not where we there. live, yeah. so that's not helpful for us, right? That's not round <clears> here. <throat> so like again, it's one of those things where it's. You know the 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 commonality or the normal uh, the normalization might be in one direction, but um, not the band. But uh, you <laughs> you know you have to adapt it for your region because there is a degree of regionality when you're talking about like local, especially like nature based celebrations and holidays and mm -hmm. stuff, right? Absolutely. Like if you're in a high fire zone, um, don't. Don't do a bonfire. Do, like, a fucking maple or something, right? Yeah. That's, like, way yeah. easier. Or make a cardboard fire. Yeah, or whatever. Or something. Like, yeah. yeah, or whatever, dude. Like, yeah. So it's, you know, and it's just the same, like, if, like, Hawthorne might not even survive where we live, right? Yeah. If it, yeah. If it requires an incredible amount of sun, it ain't gonna make it around here. Yeah. So we couldn't have one even if we wanted, yeah. you know? So, again, like, take regionality into consideration, um, you know, when you're doing this and, and, you know, like, well, and also you timing. can see that that's what's happened with, yeah. with Beltane, like historically. Absolutely. And also timing because Beltane isn't tied to a particular astrological event. Um, like, yeah, dude, if it, like if, the if May 1st is a Wednesday and, and you got work, like just go to work, dude, you can celebrate on Saturday. Like yeah, it's fine. You can celebrate you know? whenever you want. Yeah, yeah. We've definitely pushed, uh, pushed, uh, a blot or a, a fest or what have you 
um, one way or the other mm -hmm. by a week or so just because like, well, we need for a holiday and or it's like, you know, oh, we have like a thing. I have a beer fest or some nonsense yeah, yeah. like that. So it's like, oh, we're going to push the party one way or the other. And it's all, you know. It's yeah, all exactly. There, as long cool as your intent is still there, like everything else we say, it's all about the intent. So do what you want with this and also when is best for you. Yeah, you adapt. Know? Adapt. Adapted to you most specifically. Yeah. So we celebrate Beltane in probably a, a lot of very novel ways just because of it being my birthday season and we kind of tie a lot of things into one. So we've already talked about a few of the things like we usually have a party with a taco bar. I have had pinatas since I was a kid. So I usually always make a pinata. Uh, making pinatas is super fun um, and could be a really great way to celebrate um, you know, this, this season and you don't necessarily have to make a pinata and fill it with a bunch of candy or a bunch of like tiny, cheap plastic toys. You can make a pinata and fill it with flowers or flower petals or whatever it is that you want to make a pinata and fill it with. It's, it's, it's a fun way to sort of celebrate the season. So we do that with a pinata and with a taco bar, but we also usually do a ritual. And with that, we usually have a big fire in the fire pit. Yep. Yep. We always and, do a big fire. Yeah. And we, we do aggressively stiff pinatas and generally we have to result in axes and swords and such. Again, that's be right. safe. That's right. <laughs> We're always safe. We found that um, working with wish magic is particularly good this time of year. We have a lot of bay trees where we live and they have a particular penchant for granting wishes. So that's one. Um, another thing is awakenings and rebirth. Those are all sort of ways that we celebrate. Uh, but really the thing that's probably the thing that stands out the most to me about how we handle Beltane is that's really the time of year when where we live, it's starting to be warm enough and dry enough that we can start working in the yard again. So for us, outside of the ritual setting, uh, Beltane is really about getting back to the land and giving back to the land in terms of cleaning it up and getting ready for the growing season and all of that stuff, just enjoying being outside and yeah, in the spring and, and gardening. Like and so we live, we live in a fairly wet, wetter than normal i mean it's it's like a 20 degree difference like an hour <laughs> into town from yeah. our house right. uh so our house you know it's 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 less sunny and you know it's damper and moister and all that sort of stuff um and cooler so uh you know our growing season's a little bit different but yeah we do a lot of gardening well this is this is like all the flowers are just rocking right now so we do a lot yeah. of that it's a lot of like you know, like opening up the house and clearing stuff out and cleaning stuff up that's accumulated over the winter. Um, you know, so yeah, it's a, it's like a rejuvenatory time. Yeah. Yeah. And if you want an easy way to bring Beltane into your life or some of that spirit of the season, go to the store and get yourself a, a bouquet, whether yeah. it's a store or a farmer's market, or you're buying a plant from a nursery or, you know, whatever it is, uh, you know, fill your house with some beautiful flowers and growing things. Yeah. It definitely helps to brighten a mood that's been psychologically proven on many occasions, but is also a really nice way to 
low-key bring that stuff into the season, especially if you're somebody who's in the broom closet or you don't have an altar, just a vase with pretty flowers that you like. It really goes a long way to honoring the spirit of Beltane. Mm -hmm. Definitely, definitely, definitely. Yeah. Which is actually a perfect segue because uh, we have our, our two spells. So like usual, one is a crafting spell uh, and that is making a flower crown. One of my favorite things. I love flower crowns so much. I <laughs> don't even care how basic it is. I love them. So um, if you are not a flower crown type of person, you can also turn this into a wreath instead or a decorative circlet in some way. Uh, so you're really, you really need only three things. You need flowers and you need some wire and you need some ribbons, but you can always add more things. If you've got beads you want to use or, or any kind of fun baubles or threads or anything like that, bust it out. Uh, and this particular way to make a flower crown, you do not need a hot glue gun, uh, unless you really want to use one, in which case go for it. I always burn myself on it, so I prefer to not. Um, so it's best if you can purchase fresh flowers, but if you can't do that or if you don't want to do that, fake flowers will work just as well. No one is going to be upset if you're using fake flowers. It's totally okay. I promise. <laughs> So with the wire, and it can be a heavy duty wire or it can be more of a light duty wire, um, they sell spools of floral wire at craft stores and those are really good for, you know, to use for this kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So with the wire, start out by making a loop that's the size you want your, your circlet, your crown or your wreath to be. So this would mean that you might want to put it on your head to test it out. Or if you're planning on placing it on a wall or on your altar, you know, however there, you can do multiple, you can do just one, you can do big, you can do small. The sky is the limit here. Do what you want to do and do what feels right. So once you've made the loop that's about the size you want the circlet to be, start adding flowers and ribbons to decorate it. Now, if you've got flowers, you can leave them with the stem on and sort of wrap them around the wire as it goes around, or you can pluck the buds off and wire those on um, and, and use ribbons in that way. Again, the sky's the limit here. Do whatever you want to do. There is no right way. There is no wrong way. It's all fun and it's all going to look nice in the end. So continue to use flowers and add ribbons and anything else until, um, you know, until it looks the way that you want. But heavily rely on that wire because that's when it, what's going to keep everything in place and it's going to help shape your wreath. Uh, you can also get a pre-made wreath to do this and then add the flowers and bits and bobs onto it too. There is no problem with that. There's no need for you to make stuff from scratch if you're not that particular kind of crafty person. That's okay. Yeah. You can also purchase a pre-made flower crown or wreath. We are not judging you <laughs> or your crafting yeah, abilities. Yeah, yeah. If, if, <laughs> if it's easier to buy a flower crown or you want one that's like especially gangster, um, yeah, just buy that shit. That's... That's a smart move. Yeah, we have zero problems with, with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Once yeah. you have we, we make them, we make them fairly frequently with regard to fairly these, often uh, these yes. festivals that we do. And um, normally, what we do is we just kind of get like a bunch of fresh flowers and like a bunch of fake flowers or dry flowers or whatever the fuck, and like a bunch of wire of varying thicknesses. It's what I generally like is a large gauge, like a heavy gauge wire. 
for the ring around your head mm -hmm. and then you want like a thinner gauge wire for like coiling the like flowers and ribbons and bits like back to the main wire mm -hmm. but um you can also get those like weird wicker those like brown wicker branch bloody wreath they're, oh, like, yeah. wreath, they're like wreath starters yeah. Uh, we get those, I think they're at, like, Michael's where we live, but, yeah. like... Yeah, or Joanne's or craft yeah. store. Yeah, like a wreath starter, which is just the, like, branchy part, so you can attach everything to it. That works good. Um, and if you are going to use a hot glue gun, again, like, be careful. That shit's hot. Yeah. Um, also keep in mind that a hot glue gun is literally hot plastic that you're putting onto a thing. So if you're using fresh flowers, um, the hot glue may damage the flowers or discolor, them. Or, discolor yeah. or if it's a particular, particularly moist kind of flower, the hot glue sometimes has problems keeping the flower affixed where you want it to be, yeah. which is why we recommend wire over hot glue. Yeah, definitely, definitely, definitely. Yeah, so get your crafted on or, you know, get whatever you want. Whatever <laughs> Purchase it ready-made from <laughs> from something. Uh, and once you've got your wreath or your circlet or your, your crown, um, charge it. Charge it with the intentions of the season. Charge it with the idea of growing and awakening of protection and health and fertility and wear it or use it to decorate your space or whatever it is that you want to do with it. But use that as your talisman for Beltane to rem to remind you of the Beltane energy. And you don't necessarily have to throw it out. You can keep it and let it dry. And this is also a great time to collect and dry flowers or to, because flowers are in bloom just about everywhere or to purchase and then dry flowers for future witchy projects. Uh, but this is a really fun one. And um, I really enjoy making flower crowns every year. Sometimes we do fresh flowers and sometimes we do fake flowers. It just really kind of depends on what we're feeling like. The only downside to using fresh flowers is that not all flowers retain their petals as they dry. Yeah. So that is something where if you're making it with fresh flowers, try to make it and enjoy it as much as you can while those flowers are still alive. Uh, especially if they don't particularly like um, to keep their flowers like lilies do. Yeah. Yeah. Or keep, keep their petals like lilies do. So that is making a magical crown. Yeah. Uh, and next, we have another sort of fun crafting project. I mean, it is fun, but it's sort of a crafting project. This one is a witch's ladder, and this one is for good health, which really aligns with the Beltane season. So for this one, you'll need thread, yarn, ribbon, fabric straps, or something like that, some, something cloth or textile uh, that are in strips if you're using uh, fabric or just you know lengths of thread or yarn. You also uh, may want any baubles such as shells or feathers or <clears throat> old keys or beads, stones, bones, anything that you think has a, anything you feel has a connection to your craft and the intention of good health, or if you decide to use this for something else, you can do that too, uh, and keep that on hand. So once you've assembled all of your materials, think of a short sentence um, to repeat or to meditate on while you braid and add your decorations. Uh, so if you want to do this for good health, you would say, 
I am healthy, I am strong and vibrant. I welcome the blessings of the universe and they strengthen me. And you'll want to repeat this either out loud or in your head as you continue to braid and it can be however long or however short you want and then decorate or don't decorate. You don't even have to do any of that stuff. It's commonly called a witch's ladder because when it's decorated very commonly with feathers, the feathers are stuck in at a perpendicular angle. So the braid is, is straight and then the feathers get poked into the braid afterwards, resembling roughly a ladder. Now, once you're done with creating your ladder, you can hang it, you can keep it on your altar, uh, or you can also place it into a pouch to carry with you as a talisman. Obviously, size limits, uh, yeah. you know. Don't carry around like a huge pouch that's crazy. <laughs> or carry around a huge pouch if that's your thing. Yeah, I mean, uh, that's also fair. <laughs> and use that as your talisman. And this is a nice one to do if you are um, in the broom closet, because once you've created your witch, ladder it can just go in a drawer somewhere uh, or in a pouch to go in your pocket or wherever it is that you want that la that witch's ladder can stay with you yeah. so those are some uh, some fun ways to keep that Beltane magic going yeah definitely definitely it's um yeah so uh, next we have correspondences my favorite part so, uh, Beltane correspondences. We've got animals. So, bees, birds, cows, livestock, um, goats, and rabbits are all associated with Beltane. And for colors, um, it, all, all the colors, especially yellow, but especially flower colors and green growing colors. I mean, all those colors. Yeah. All of them. <laughs> uh, stones and crystals, you can use bloodstone, emerald, uh, rose quartz, sapphire, or really any green stone will work. Yeah, you're back to those natural plant colors. Mm -hmm. As far as uh, herbs go, uh, daisy, hawthorn, like we've already talked about, uh, ivy is pretty much always common for these types of sabots lilac, lilies, lily of the valley, uh, and, and really any sort of s seasonal herb that is, you know, really just, just kicking right now. Um, and foods are kind of the same thing. Any seasonal fruits or vegetables, uh, in addition to that dairy or lamb, like we talked about, oats, uh, salads are really popular for Beltane. Uh, so is punch and red or pink wine and mead is also very popular for Beltane, as is anything that's made with honey. If you're looking to do incense or have uh, oils, like essential oils and a mister or something like that, stick with something that's flowery if you can. Although you can also go with anything that's sort of earthy and woodsy, depending on how you're feeling. There's a lot of deities that are associated with Beltane. A lot of them, all of them. <laughs> Almost all of them. Uh, the most, most of the deities have as a sort of aspect is something that is fertility or for growing things. So Aphrodite, Artemis, Bladued, Kernunos, uh, Cupid, Dionysus, Freya, Flora, the Green Man and the Horned God, Morgan Le Fay coming back to the fairies there, uh, Pan, Persephone, 
Odin, Rhiannon, these are all popular gods uh, for this particular time. If you wish to invoke one of them or work with one of them during this time, it would be great. <clears throat> and then other symbols are awakenings. You can use cups or chalices. Eggs are still pretty popular, so are fairies. Any fertility charms or fertility little widgets. Uh, fire, of course, <laughs> we've talked about at length. Um, flowers, uh, anything that's growing. Uh, any May baskets or flowers uh, in like little bouquets, uh, as well as maypoles, of course, and uh, satyrs. All of that kind of woodland meadow stuff is really associated with Beltane. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that was Beltane. Um, that's a lot. That was a lot. That was a lot. We packed it into a very short amount of time. Yeah, that was a, that was a lot about Beltane. Again, you know, as, as I've said a million times, and I'll say a million times, you'll get used to it. Uh, if you're going to do stuff with fire, be safe. Don't be stupid. Um, but, uh, yeah, either way, uh, I have been John Norgrove. This has been Julie Norgrove. Uh... Don't forget to like this video, comment below, share, subscribe, ring the bell, do all that kind of stuff if you're on Facebook, or, uh, Facebook, if you're on YouTube, <laughs> if you're listening to us on any of the podcast networks, don't forget to subscribe. These come out every other yep. uh, Monday. And leave and us a review if you can. It helps other people find our content as well. Yeah, definitely leave us a review if you... Um, if you want to see our stupid faces, these are all on Facebook or uh, Not YouTube. Not Facebook, they're on YouTube. They're all on YouTube. <laughs> Work is getting to my mind, guys. It's fine. Uh, these are all on YouTube. Uh, speaking of social media, follow us on social media. It was all yep. an elaborate ruse to you transition to You can find him that. at Nerd Drive everywhere, everywhere. And you can find me as Goddess Jewels, either with one or two S's everywhere. And you can also find the links to all of these things in um, the show notes uh, and at our website, which is Nerd Drive dot com slash links i said those backwards and that's fine yeah yeah well just no drive.com just go to, yeah, just go go to, to nerdrive.com uh that's got all the stuff but uh yeah oh and if you want to support more s fun stuff like this witchy stuff and nerdy stuff and such uh we have a patreon um for this podcast uh the podcast patreon is um includes a book of shadows page for the podcast episode specific, uh, as well as the spells and a complete list of the correspondences. Yeah, and usually um, also fun cell phone backgrounds. Oh yeah, and I make fun cell phone backgrounds. So yeah, those come out, they generally take me a week, but sometimes they take longer. It depends on how difficult it is to do. But uh, <laughs> And what our real <laughs> life has to do yeah, with it. Yeah, because we got real jobs right now. We have day jobs, so if you really want to support Spread us, us in around, the content. Give us more friends. Yeah. Give us money. What's up? Yeah, refer us to others and check out our Patreon. That's yeah. how we how that's, we that's get how we to do spending more time with y'all. But uh, yeah, uh, we will catch you guys on the flip side. Uh, stay magical, y'all. Stay magical.